Hey everyone, welcome back to the Glass Seats Podcast. This is where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. I'm Vidi. And my name is Mernal, and this week in hockey, this might be the shortest conference finals that I have ever seen. Yeah, ever. I was going to say, I don't think that I've, in my, whatever, 12 years, 13 years of watching this, has it ever gone by this fast? I don't know. We're about to see possibly a double sweep. We already got one in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Vegas has a 3-0 lead. And so, we got a NBA sweep. Or almost had a double NBA sweep too. So yeah, Sports is weird this year. Man. Yeah, very weird. So uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, May 24th. We just watched the Panthers take down the Carolina Hurricanes in four, four games. Swept in the conference finals. 4.3 um, seconds left. Carolina does not have good luck in the third round. No. I am I'm surprised we haven't do- or other media outlets haven't talked about it. I'm sure tomorrow will be a different story, but uh Carolina is a two round team and done. Yeah. I you said they got swept in every third round. The, so for the recently, past three times that they've gone to the conference final, I don't think they've won a single game. That's yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and and they're completely different rosters. It's not yeah. like they've been going year after year after year. Yeah. You know, different goalies, different players. It's it's uncanny. Yeah, they looked so good in the first two rounds, too. It's not like they just barely made it by. Oh, no. Yeah, they were looking real good. Yeah. We were pretty high on them on this show. Uh, yeah, I thought they were going to win it all. And uh, Florida, had, specifically Kachuk and Bob had something to say about that. Yeah. Speaking of Bob, can I read you the stat line? Sure. Bob's save percentage. Game one, 0.969. Game two, 0.974. Mm-hmm. Game three, 1.000. And g- game four, zero point nine two three. Man, have you ever seen a goalie this good in the playoffs? It's like he's getting better as the playoffs go on, instead of getting worse. Yeah, like the fatigue kicks in. The uh, the mental, the mental. Uh, I mean, just even making it to the finals is like daunting in of itself. If you mm-hmm. haven't been there, he's just getting better and better. They're just having fun at this point. Even the Tampa Bay dynasty, where Vasilevsky was a huge part, mm. was he this good? No. No, absolutely like, not. I haven't looked at the exact numbers, but this is some of the best goalie performance I've seen since maybe Jonathan Quick mm-hmm. in the Kings two cups. I was going to say Carey Price in 21 was oh, pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah. That's a good one. But yeah, this is like some some Dominic Ashik like type performance. This is it's insane. Yeah. It looks unbeatable. Yeah. And, you know, we'll talk about uh Stanley Cup predictions coming up here, but I mean, with this combination of Matthew Kachuk and Sergei Bobrovsky, like they might have to share the con Smythe if they win. <laughs> yeah, I think so. They'll just saw it in half and be like, here you go, guys. Yeah. Out of the four games that they won, Kachuk had three game winners mm-hmm. and the primary assist on the fourth. Yeah. I mean, this... Oh, man. That, play, uh, that Flames deal is not looking good at all right now. Right now. Right now. There's we'll still see, a chance yeah, there. Yes. We'll see how it plays out. Obviously, Huberdeau had a down year, but this is just pouring salt into the wound. Yeah, and I mean, Calgary made wholesale changes this offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, just real quick, we're probably not going to talk about it, but new GM, potentially yeah. new coach. I mean, I think guaranteed new coach. Mm-hmm. Just haven't said who yet. Um, so we'll see what happens with Huberto out there. But right now, it's all eyes on Matthew Kachuk yeah. and the Florida Panthers. Yeah. I mean, now that they've uh, gone to the finals, do you think they're actually going to seal the deal? I want them to. Mm-hmm. This is insane. I want them to get rewarded for this. But just before we started recording, you were telling me about all the other great goalie performances that were kind of stopped. You know, Pekarine from mm-hmm. Nashville. Um, what was the other one? Martin I'm Jones, playing. I guess, in 2016. Oh, Martin Jones in 2016. 
So there isn't really a history there, but I I kind of want them to do it. Yeah, I want them to do it. Yeah, I yeah. It's been a it's been a pretty incredible uh, series, and uh, I think the biggest X factor, in my opinion, besides obviously Bob and Kachuk, is um, Florida had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And so, and the three opponents they've taken down so far have been uh, Boston, Toronto, and Carolina, which were all like 20 points or something ahead of them in the regular season. Yeah, and Florida barely made the playoffs. Yeah. I think they were one point away from missing. Yeah, they can thank Chicago for that, for taking out Pittsburgh randomly out of the blue. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, so maybe it, it just leads me to think like maybe entering the playoffs as a wild card, a lower ranked team, a slept on team, whatever you want to call it. Maybe that is beneficial for the NHL playoffs. Yeah, in my kind of experience, it's the best, like the sweet spot is to be in like the 2-3 spot in the division. Mm-hmm. Just looking at like previous history, like looking at Tampa, um, Tampa came in one year as the top seed, destroying everyone and then got dis- swept in the first yeah. round. Yes. Um, the other next years, they weren't the top seed. They were like the 2 or 3 seed. Mm-hmm. And, and Avalanche did that too, I think. Same as the Avalanche, yeah. yeah. They were second overall in the league, I think, when yeah. they won last year and they waltzed their way to a Stanley Cup 16-4. and four. So what, what I'm what I'm hypothesizing live on the air right here mm-hmm. is that if you are one of those top teams, you t- it takes too much out of you in the regular season mm-hmm. to play that well and maintain that spot. But if you're the two, three team, you're kind of in that sweet spot where you're really good, but you didn't, you know, spend all of it in the regular season. Mm-hmm. So would you say this Florida team's a little bit, is a little bit more magic than actual? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sergey Bobrovsky, did he even have a 900 save percentage in the regular season? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I feel right. like I need to go back and check now. Even if he did, it was not... What what did I what was his best one? A shutout. Besides the shutout, he had a nine seven four in game two. He was not this good. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. I don't this think is any playoff go- magic. I don't think any goalie was this good. Yeah. And if you're any one of you who are saying that you knew Florida was this good, you're lying. Yeah. They were down three <laughs> one to Boston. We yeah. had all written them off. Yeah. Like, come on. Unless you're you are an absolute. Unless you are delusional, like an actual delusional Florida fan. Yeah. You, you, nobody thought they were getting this far. Or you picked them as a meme. Yeah, you were joking. <laughs> like you were joking around and you were like, oh, they're, they're going to make it. They're totally going to make but it. And now look at them. They have defied all expectations. Mm-hmm. So I'm on their side. I want to see what they do in the cup final. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When we first started these playoff predictions, I said Panthers in five against Boston as a meme a little bit. Yeah. I'm really eating my words right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Man. Um, all right, let's move out to the West here. Dallas yeah. versus Vegas. Um, Vegas has a 3-0 lead in the series. Game four is tomorrow on Thursday, so probably done by the time you're listening to this. Yep. But um, as of now, we just watched uh, Jamie Benn with an absolute gutless play. Probably probably the dumbest penalty of his career. Oh, yeah. I, this is the dumbest penalty I've ever seen. I can't mm-hmm. think of one that was as dumb, especially if, when it was committed how it was committed. So for those of you who missed it, uh, this is game three of the playoffs. Vegas scores um, like a minute in, right? So now Dallas is already down one stride off the bat. Yeah. Almost immediately after this goal, Jamie Benn is taking a puck up ice, sees Mark Stone coming and checks him or reverse checks him, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But he makes contact with Mark Stone. Mark Stone falls. Mm-hmm. Now, if this was the regular season, that hit itself probably could have been called interference penalty. Mark mm-hmm. Stone didn't have the puck. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on top of that, he then falls, for those of you on audio, I'm doing large air quotes, falls, falls yeah. on Mark Stone and cross-checks him in the chin. In front of the ref. Yeah. Add insult to injury, this is at the foot of the ref. Like, the ref is literally, I think it was actually the linesman, but an official yeah. is literally 
standing and watching this happen right in front of his feet. Yeah. Jamie, Ben, you are a captain, and I understand that, that you take liberties in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but that was a dumb freaking penalty, man. It was. It really was. Uh, if, this might be a hot take, but I, I don't think Jamie Ben should be wearing that C anymore. And th- the reason I say that is this is not the first time he's thrown a temper tantrum when things haven't gone his way. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, you can go back. There's like videos of him, of him just sitting on the bench, breaking sticks. I'm like, why? I, I understand. There's a lot to be said in actions. But, I mean, you should be, as the, as the captain, as the leader of this team, you really should be controlling your emotions and rallying your boys. Like, that's not yeah. the way to do it. Okay, I can forgive breaking a stick, you know? At least you didn't put your team down for a five-minute major, get yourself kicked out of the game, and Possibly sap, the, sap the momentum yeah. from this um, playoff game when you were, your team just got scored on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come the, on, man. The, you, you put the nail in the coffin in the first period. Which is a yeah, shame. Yeah, they were done. Yeah, as a captain on and your then, home ice. Uh, yeah, it's bad. On the ensuing penalty, I think Vegas scored once and then scored once again immediately after that penalty. Mm. And Jake Ottinger got pulled. Yeah. And you made, yeah, you made your young goalie look bad. Yeah, come on, dude. Like, like as a captain, that's not, that's not okay. Yeah. You put the dagger in it. And now, um, from today's news, we know that he got a two game suspension. Mm. So he's potentially out for game four and a potential game five. If there's uh, even a game five. If there yeah. even is a game five. And if game five doesn't happen, he's out for the first game of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. First game of the regular season. Yeah. Just embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, dude, yeah. I I understand he signed a long contract and he like was like that guy back in the day. But, dude, I don't know. Like, and obviously we're just sitting here and like, you know, it's easy to criticize. But like, not even talking about from a production perspective, as a leadership perspective, it's not there. Like. I if I don't know as a young guy, which Dallas is a lot of, that's not the guy who I would be like looking up to for inspiration. Especially when you got people like Pavelski, Suter, mm-hmm. Sagan on the team. I'm like, that's the the guy who cross checked the other yeah. captain in front of the ref and basically screwed us. And this is not saying that people don't make mistakes. Leaders make mistakes, of course. But did that's you not see... even a mistake. That's an error. Yeah, okay, sure. But did you did you see how he handled it even after it happened? I did not know. So um, after the game, Jamie Ben blew by all the media. So he's a sore loser. Didn't didn't say anything. Um, the only time I think he addressed the media was after the suspension came out, and even then didn't say anything worth repeating. Like, yeah, you you got to kind of own up to it at that point. Yeah, man. yeah. At this point, like I'm, pe- people are rooting against you and your team just because of that. Yeah, it, it's just yeah. Again, we're not trying to focus all entirely on this one play, but. That's basically been the summary of the series so far. Yeah, and I mean, you take a look at the other games. One went into OT, Vegas both, came out. Both went into Both went into OT. Game one and two, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Vegas came out on top. Um, Jake Ottinger's been pulled three times in the playoffs so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was saying this about um, young goalies, right? Like, you expect them to get better. I think we talked about Stuart Skinner yeah. from the Edmonton Oilers last show. Um, so, I mean... This is Ottinger's like first deep run into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The last time Dallas was here wasn't was not with Jake Ottinger in that. Mm-hmm. So um, you know you expect him to kind of get better. Um, this was like in a good Fourier, but I think this is a bigger deal for some of those vets on the teams, like we talked about, Jamie Ben being one of them. But then yeah. there's also Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, yeah. Ryan Suter. Clock's running out too. Clock's yeah. running out, and you know they got to do something that's never been done in the conference final, which is come back from a. 3-0 deficit. Yeah, I don't see it happening. That being said, actually, uh, so I think it's safe to say we're, regardless of whether it's 4 or 5, we both think Vegas is 
going on. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see Dallas coming back from this, especially without Jamie Ben in the lineup. Yeah. Um, regardless of all the antics, he was a key contributor. Mm-hmm. Um, also having seen Pete DeBoer coach up close, man sticks to his systems almost stubbornly. Yeah. So I think it's like got him like, I think it's screwed over his team many times. Like, um, yeah. just because he was like, I understand, you know, sticking to what works, but if it's not working, change it. Yeah. Which Peter DeBoer doesn't yeah, yeah. do. I don't know. Understand when DeBoer changes things and when he doesn't. Yeah. And it's very confusing sometimes yeah. as a fan of a Pete DeBoer coach team. Yeah. And um, Vegas never, I mean, Vegas, Pete DeBoer was with Vegas and uh, when they played Dallas and he just refused to make adjustments and, yeah. you know, Dallas took him down in five. Like, and yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence by any means. Like, um, the, I think the hope that they have is that Jake Ottinger finds his game again and absolutely shuts it down, which we've seen him do before. For four games straight? That's, it's a Hail Mary. Yeah. You know, this is a Hail Mary. On a young goalie. And you need some players to step up, right? Mm-hmm. It bends out of the lineup. Like, Robertson's had kind of a quiet playoff. I'm surprised. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, I, I remember when we first started these playoff predictions, I was like, that man, that kid's going to be the X Factor. Yeah, I think pretty quiet. Yeah, I mean, when you watch uh, teams play against Dallas, I think he he draws a lot of coverage. Yes. And this is new for him. Yes. You know, um, this is also his first deep playoff run. Mm -hmm. So, um, like, yeah, like we said last show, half this Dallas roster is old vets who are running out of time. The other half is really, really young kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't really have someone right in the middle right Mm -hmm. now. So I think half the roster is learning, but they need examples to learn from. And sorry to go back to it, but. Sorry, Jamie, Ben. Not yeah. a good example. Yeah, not at all. So if you're hoping for a rally from this team, you know, I I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I, I don't I don't know. It's hard. It's really I do want to see Dallas win this as a very biased Sharks fan, but like I don't see it happening. Yeah. I, I do think we're in for a Vegas and Florida finals. Um, which would be great because then we'll finally see a player making over ten mil. Oh yeah. Know, win a cup. So Diddy's favorite theories about the fall off. Yeah, I'm, which I'm very actually, I'm very happy about it. I'm yeah. so mortified by some of these sharks contracts. <laughs> yeah. um, but that being said, uh, Vegas and Florida uh, in the finals. Mm-hmm. What's your prediction? Well, I'm rooting for Florida, mm-hmm. so I think it's. I'm gonna say Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna say six. Florida and six. Mm-hmm. As as much as I want to agree with your answer. I somehow think this is going to be the end of the magic run. Um, something about the finals changes people. Vegas has the experience. I'm going to say Vegas in five. Five? Five. I, Bold. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think somehow something is going to run out for, for Bob or Kachuk or, or something is going to happen and it's just going to be, yeah. And, you know, Vegas has like played against, uh, has taken down, you know, a Paul Maurice coach team mm-hmm. like maybe twice at this point. I knew yeah. they took down the Jets in the conference finals at one point, but yeah, we'll see. Um, so they probably know the, their syst- his system a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, yeah, I, as much as I hate to admit it, I think it's, it might be Vegas and five. Did you know Aiden Hill was this good? Uh, as soon as anyone takes off the Sharks jersey, they become better. Yes. <laughs> it's so, just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, how did even Jonathan Quick, I mean, like he... Not saying he was bad by any means, like he just, but he did definitely taper off after the those yeah. two cup runs. Vegas somehow it does not matter who's playing goalie. They're just always good. They're just good. Remember they were their, on like their eighth string goalie at one their yeah, inaugural yeah. year. And remember, in like uh, yeah, their inaugural year, they were had someone from I think the ECHL. Yeah, because that's how depth deep down their depth chart they went. Yeah, 
And, and they weren't getting blown out. Like, no, they, they were, were still winning games. That yeah. guy still had like an above nine save percentage. Yeah, so I don't get it. If um, teams are studying defensive systems, I think Vegas is the blueprint. Yeah. And they've done this with multiple coaches too. Yeah. Just somehow. Yeah. It's, it's not, at this point, it's not even the, it's not the GM. It's not the coaches. It's truly the players and just smart players. Um, yeah. Whether you want to admit it or not, they're frustrating the hell out of players. And clearly it's showing. Look at what Jamie Bed did, right? Like, yeah. it's showing. So. Wild, yeah. wild, wild. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to some uh, off-ice things. Mm-hmm. I think the big off-ice story that's got all of the buzz going right now is yeah. out in Toronto. Yeah. So the Toronto Maple Leafs with Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan. This is like a reality TV show unfolding. Yeah. So if you missed it, uh, I'm going to give you a quick, quick summary here. Mm-hmm. Kyle Dubas is the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Or I should say was, was yeah. the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, this kid, he's pretty young. He's uh, just about 30 or just over 30. Yeah. Which is I, young for a general manager. Yeah. At 35, maybe, at, at most. Yeah. 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 Um, so, and he's highly regarded as one of the best GMs. Um, he's been GM of the Leafs for the past five years. Mm-hmm. And the Leafs have been a top five team pretty much Since that whole then, time. Yeah. And even before that, he was the assistant GM. So mm-hmm. he's been here quite a long time in the Maple Leafs organization. Mm-hmm. Um, he signed John Tavares. That was one of his big moves. Um, the trade deadline this year, bringing over Ryan O'Reilly. So he's done quite a lot with the Maple Leafs roster. I think they, he was also in, he was at the uh, hall of the ship when the whole Mitch Marner situation was happening, like the contract extension. Yeah, and he was like I holding out so. or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, his famous quote from Elliot Freeman's podcast, the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, was uh, "We can, we, we can, will. and we will." Yeah, in regards to signing the Leafs' big four. Yeah. Um. So this is this guy is highly regarded mm-hmm. amongst the league. Amongst the league, um, his contract was up at the end of the season. And it seems like at the beginning of the season, um, leadership of the Leafs, including president of Hockey Ops, Brendan Shanahan, mm-hmm. uh, told Kyle that it would be up to this year on whether or not he got an extension. Mm-hmm. And people took that to mean depending on their playoff success. Mm-hmm. Of course, the Leafs had not won a playoff round for 19 years until this year. Yeah. So this year, they do finally beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. Yeah. Which is huge for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, it seems that Shanahan was prepared to uh, give Dubas a contract mm-hmm. at the end of the season. Of course, the Leafs didn't do that well in the second round, lost in five uh, to the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. So um, end of the season came up pretty quickly than mm-hmm. they were hoping. But it seems like Shanahan did give Dubas an initial offer. Mm-hmm. At the end of year press conference during locker cleanout, uh, somebody asked Kyle Dubas if uh, he would be coming back as GM. Um, and he said that he wasn't sure that if he wanted to continue uh, and that he would want to talk to his family and that he'd found out that the past year had been pretty hard on them and he just wanted to have that conversation before he confirmed everything. And it seems like after that, that Brendan Shanahan um, did not really like this response because he wanted someone who was all in. Mm-hmm. And please, again, to note that this is after Dubas has received an initial offer mm-hmm. for the position. So a couple days later, Dubas then reached back out to Brendan Shanahan, said, hey, I would like to be a GM. Um, and there was a contract offer given, which was through Kyle Dubas's agent. Mm-hmm. And it seems from Shanahan's press conference after this whole thing went out, it seems like there was a gap in the finances offered. Mm-hmm. Um on 32 Thoughts, Elliot Freeman's podcast, he also reported that it 
seems apparent that Dubis wanted a little bit more control than he was given. Mm-hmm. So it seems for his moves as general manager, he had to go through Brendan Shanahan as well as the board of the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Um, Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment, yeah. which owns the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Um, it seems like Dubis wanted to go directly to the board rather than go through Shanahan. Mm-hmm. I'm reporting the second hand from Elliot Friedman. So mm-hmm. this is a long game of telephone to get to these details. So yeah. that is alleged. But there was at least from Shanahan himself a difference in money um after that and including uh his responses in that press conference it seems shanahan has decided to go in another direction and had um told kyle that he would not be coming back as gm of the maple leafs after already offering that contract after that initial contract so that was a lot to follow but what do you think well i think it's clear that shanahan might be the problem um that direct yeah yeah i mean he's been he's been a constant since uh since the matthews era began i believe in, oh yeah way before well, that yeah at 20 well i'm just going on when they were relevant honestly yeah. um so let's let's just start with the matthews era um and gms have come in and out this is now it, it was lou uh lou lemorello for a while and then uh now dubis now dubis took over and now i guess we'll have to find someone else but the, my issue with this is Dubis was was backed into a corner, I guess you could say. Either he re-signs the core four or he gets fired. And he did re-sign them and got fired because they underperformed. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, you can only do so much about that. And um, basically, my issue is imagine booting your GM that did exactly what he was expected to do um, and then and then you you basically switched up on him just because he wanted to you know consult with his family first for an offer. I think mm-hmm. that's a very logical and like reasonable like argument. Um, why would you switch up on that so quickly? Um, is beyond me. And again, the the result of the second round is I don't know one you went through a, a Florida team is on a mission clearly, and mm-hmm. two, um, how is you know you can't. You can't play for Tavares or, or you know, Nylander or, or Marner or Matthews or whatever. He's not on ice actually shooting the puck. Yeah. He can only do so much. It's the same reason, like, Doug Wilson was never fired because San Jose choked in the playoffs. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to go off. I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. If a GM builds a team that has consistent regular season success, mm-hmm. regardless of what happens in the playoffs, do you think that GM has done a good job? Um, well, again, going back to the the backed into a corner thing. Uh, imagine the hell he would have had to deal with if he didn't re-sign the core four, even if it was in the best interest of the team. But had they had more playoff success, would it have mattered? Uh, that I'm not sure. But like, clearly, I, I mean, sure, they won one game in round two. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if you can call that a success by any means. But no, I mean, something like when we got to the point of keeping all four of them, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say at that point he traded... Pick a name out of a hat. Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. He traded Mitch Marner. Sure. But then the Leafs won two rounds. Mm-hmm. One year. Maybe got bounced in the first round one year. Won two rounds the next. Had something like that. Didn't win a cup, but a little bit more playoff success than they, what they had. Mm-hmm. Would it have mattered? Uh, I think the Leafs fans would have forgiven him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, they just want to see someone in a navy blue jersey with a maple leaf crest lift a Stanley Cup. Yeah, they don't what care what that wants, roster is. Right? Yeah, they don't care what that roster is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and um, I think the issue was uh, there was so much pressure. When he first, uh, you know, took this GM job, 
there was so much pressure pressure to get those you know core four signed yeah um and he did that he did what literally everyone i don't even think he had a choice honestly mm-hmm. i think he like even if he wanted to go a different direction clearly shanahan's a lot more controlling than than we initially thought um mm-hmm. did he really have a choice i i think he was kind of doomed to fail to begin with that's my issue i think um it wasn't so much that he did sign all four. I think people felt he overpaid them. Well, yeah. I mean, they were going to get those contracts anywhere. You either keep them by overpaying them, or mm-hmm. you let them walk, and they're going to make the same amount of money somewhere else. Maybe, but this was you know before Austin Matthews had a 60-goal season, before Austin, Austin Matthews won a Hart Trophy. Mm-hmm. He was just all potential at that point. Mm-hmm. you know. Sure, he lived up to some of the potential, but who cares? Mm-hmm. The goal is a Stanley Cup, not, not all these... I mean, depending on who the player is, you know, obviously, I don't know what goes on in terms of mentality of the players, but uh, it, I don't know. It just feels very off-putting to me that you blame the GM, who was literally just trying to, he was planning on coming back. Mm-hmm. He just wanted to consult with his family, wanted a little bit more money, wanted a little bit more, you know, Control. hands-on. Yeah. And, and you got rid of him for that? He's a good GM, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think he's proved his point, but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think... I, I think with the with Shanahan at the hole, it might it's it's a hard place to play. Let's just put it that. I mean, Toronto's always a hard place to play. It's, it's always biggest, been. It's the biggest spotlight in the NHL. Right, it has been. But like, when you literally are almost like punished for doing what you're expected to do, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. Um. I I agree with you on certain points and disagree on others. Okay. Baseline. I don't think getting rid of Kyle Dubis is a bad move in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I disagree with how they did it. Mm-hmm. Like this was a dumb process. If you were ready to extend him um, and then you didn't because of what he said in a press conference and mm-hmm. wanted to talk to his family, that seems like, okay, you guys have a communication issue in your org or a charge or issue or something. Feelings hurt or something, yeah. something or, you know, or Dubis overplayed his hand in a negotiation, in which case, why is he a general manager? But yeah, um, besides that, um, I, I can understand the logic for wanting to move on from Dubas. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what he did in the regular season, the team hasn't had playoff success. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Doug Wilson, mm-hmm. um, longtime general manager of the San Jose Sharks, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of regular season success, mm-hmm. but never won a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and having the 2020 hindsight of that, mm-hmm. maybe even if Doug Wilson was doing a good job, maybe there was someone with a fresh set of eyes and a fresh perspective who could have taken the Sharks further than he did. Mm-hmm. And with that hindsight, I can understand why they want to move on from Dubas. God, you gave him okay. five years, didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. The, the method in which they did it and the timing in which they did it is kind of... A little classless. A little classless and a little... You put your org kind of in peril mm-hmm. because of what your contract situations are. Mm-hmm. So Marner and Matthews have no movement clauses that start in July. Mm-hmm. If you want to trade either of them, you have to do it before July or you have to get their permission. Yeah. Um, Matthews and Nylander both have one season left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Marner and Tavares have two. Mm-hmm. And just in general, the Maple Leafs only have seven forwards signed for next year. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah. So a last minute GM change. This is almost, almost deja vu of the core four needing to get their extensions. Yeah. Well, I guess not, not to bear, so that doesn't really count. But, uh, um, you know, Marner, uh, Nylander, and Matthews needing their extensions. 
but all of a sudden you have a new GM. There's no, there's no more Lou Lamarillo. There's a brand new GM. He, this new guy's got to like fix it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a big task to take on. And if Matthews is a top five player in the NHL, mm-hmm. if he doesn't trust this GM, he's does walking. He, does he want to stay? Yeah, he's walking. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's had a bunch of success to make him want to stay. Yeah. Right. Obviously, Matthews hasn't said anything yet, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, you've put your, you've raised the question by doing this, right? Yeah. And if you are really going to pin the GM job on this year's playoff run, shouldn't you have had two or three candidates in your back pocket already? Yeah. I don't think they have anyone right yeah, now. Yeah, because it seemed like they were ready to extend Dubas. Yeah. In which case, you should have said, if you really didn't like his comments, you should have said, okay, we're giving you a one-year extension. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you spend the year getting candidates ready and you tell them you win the cup next year or you're out. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, what if, what if this leads to... What if this one poor decision, based on whatever it is, like you said, communication, I don't know. Yeah. What if this one poor decision by Shanahan, you know, leads to Toronto picking up a GM like Peter Shirelli, and then... <laughs> They're not going to pick Shirelli. Well, someone like, like of that, let's say, caliber, that skill level of, a yeah. GM, of general managing. Um, and then your star players start to walk, for better or for worse. We don't know if it's going to, like, free, like, you know, liberate the team or whatever, but your star players start walking. Toronto becomes once again known as this place to not go if you're a player or any mm-hmm. anyone. I'm like, is this obviously we're speculating here, but is this one decision gonna domino and kind of just take things apart? I mean, it has equal likelihood of dominoing the other way and then winning the cup in three years. Yeah, I don't know. It's very it's, it's it very, is a gamble. Yeah, yeah, it's a gamble, and you've made it. I think you've gambled when this chips are not in your favor yeah yeah which i is, agree with that that's a yeah which sure you can do it you could still win mm-hmm. but it's a risky move yeah right unless you know shanahan should have said i'm taking over as interim gm in the meantime i don't even think they named an interim no so I don't think they did, no. are you just gonna let these players chill until july 1st yeah there's a draft before that yeah who's, who's doing the draft picks yeah like you send matthews there or you have you Tavares you've or? given yourself a very very short timeline to find a general manager. Yeah, right. You've almost yeah you've almost shot yourself in the foot. It, I, the one year deal would have made sense for Dubas if yeah. they you know didn't get along or whatever. Because at least at that point, you know the major contracts with you know, Matthews, Marner, and all these uh, NMCs like you're not gonna yeah. have to deal and with then, them as you know, bad. There's always a question of okay, would Dubas even take that? Yeah, but it sounded like he wanted to be in Toronto, mm-hmm. and so far he'd built this team, right? Yeah. And if Dubas is asking for more control, mm-hmm. I don't think that's just a pure ego thing. No, right? I Dubis think he is a, what he was doing. Dubas yeah. is a, so far has proven to be kind of a smart guy. Yeah. So it sounds like there was some communication or process issue in your org and that he was trying to fix. Yeah. Or at least assist in some way. So, I don't know. It will look like idiots if they hire someone and it works out. Yeah. But I don't think this is going to work out. Though. Yeah. I, I think it's a very risky move, um, mm-hmm. like like we said, uh, gamble. But yeah, it's really hard to hard to tell. And I think the only way we're gonna know is if we wait till a little bit. We just wait, honestly. Yeah. Uh, July first will like tell us a lot. If you were Austin Matthews, what would you do right now? I'd be oh man, I'd be very hesitant about resigning there because mm-hmm. it's clear that I mean I'm I'm there for since 2016, and you've gone through you know two separate GMs now, and one one single playoff round you did yeah. everything right but the guy way up in charge booted 
you know, booted him. Um, dude, like, if I'm Austin Matthews, I'm like, I there hasn't been enough tangible success for me mm-hmm. here in Toronto for me to really convince signing another long-term deal. At some point, I mean, Austin Matthews is enough to retire already. Oh, yeah. Like, money's not, not a, an issue, so. Not at a NHL lifestyle. Maybe at your or my lifestyle. Yeah, okay, but, well, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. But, like, yeah. <laughs> still, like, I, the dude's good. The dude's fine yeah. financially. But, I don't know. It, it really depends what his priorities are. Is he trying to just keep breaking in the dough? Is he trying to, like, you know, live in the, live in the spotlight? I don't know. If, but if I'm Matthews, I'm, I'm trying to win a cup. Do you wait for this year, or do you ask for a trade right now? Oh man, I don't know because the players, but all the, that core four had a really good relation with Dubas, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell. Um, I personally would probably just honor the contract. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, but then Toronto like might lose out on yeah. a, a huge, uh, huge haul. We'll see. If I was him, I I'd know. I'd wait for the first half of the season and then ask for a trade deadline trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's probably what's going to happen, right? Well, Without, it depends on if how he, good the if he waves are. the NMC. Yeah, it depends on how good the Leafs are this year, too, right? If the Leafs are playoff-bound, you might as well. Yeah. Just stick it out, yeah. I think this Leafs are going to be one of the most interesting teams this offseason. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just with, yeah. I, I, I honestly didn't even know that they had um, the NMCs, too, until, like, recently, maybe, like, three weeks ago. I was like, oh, yeah. wow. That's, it's, it's a no-movement just for that one final year. Yeah, that Matthews contract. You know, we talked about Dubas building a successful regular season team but you gave him a contract that walks him right to unrestricted free agency yeah you gave him 11 million dollars mm-hmm. and um, i'm sure matthews negotiated that though the yeah the nmc yeah least. and that new movement clause in the last year of the contract to avoid a trade deadline dump mm-hmm. uh, i think matthews is really out. won that negotiation man. yeah i was like if, if he yeah if he wants out he is out yeah, and all, he holds all the cards. Yeah, and you lost, you or you let go of the one dude who, who had like a really good relationship with him. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Like, I don't know, Shannon. This is uh, hopefully your actions. Uh, hopefully, you have a you know little crystal ball on your desk so you know what ha- what's actually happening. But mm-hmm. not looking too too great right now. We will see. We will see. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams that need new GMs and things. So. Mm-hmm. Kind of as the playoffs wrap up here, uh, this podcast is going to follow along with those stories a little bit more, yeah. um, especially as you build toward the draft. It's um, going to be a very interesting offseason. Like, I can't yeah. remember an offseason like this interesting in a while. Yeah. Like, we talked about what are the Seattle Kraken going to do. Yeah. Um, Pits- Pittsburgh Penguins have new front office. Mm-hmm. Um, the Flames are, have a new front office. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Arizona might not exist. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we will see. Yeah. We shall see. So um, if you've been following along with us, um, you know, we're going to finish out the playoffs here. We got um, Stanley Cup final starting in early June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's always exciting. But then, you know, we're going to talk about draft. We're going to talk about free agency. So, um, yeah, this is, podcast is going to be active into the summer and up to July 1st free agency. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually excited for the offseason. Oh, yeah. So. That's what happens when you're a fan of a rebuilding team, right? That's you true. You get excited <laughs> about the offseason. That is true. That's, this is our playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> All right. You got anything else for today? No, I think that's everything. Uh, we'll see how this all pans out. There's a lot to uncover. Yeah. And thank you for listening to Glass Seats. Uh, we're out every week. So 
Follow us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you find podcasts. Uh, Catch you later. Peace.